I know I've been the biggest like oh yeah that's what's so fascinating and perplexing about it is that it's almost there it's like you know when you're watching like waiting for Postmates or something in the little like graphic it's like you're so fucking close that's what it feels like it's like it's out for delivery but it's still like two miles away from my house yeah well what do you want to do well, I feel like a big plot point that was set up in the first season is the fact that Carrie wrote a memoir. Carrie yeah. wrote a new book and, you know. It's all about the book in season two. Well, but I think an interesting thing that could happen with Carrie is because she is no longer sad that she's written this book that has such an effect on people that she's doing all these book tours and like maybe she's getting you know, dick now and she's happy, but all of these grieving women that really are going through something go and she has to juxtapose like being brilliantly happy for the first time in a year with like pretending to be sad again because she's got to live through what she wrote in this book because it resonates with people. Yeah, her book event is very much like the book event in uh, the 10-minute version of All Too Well. (laughs) You know, it's like that vibe, like everyone's in black turtlenecks and crying and shit. Oh. I hope she doesn't see the ghost of Big, though. And there's also some opportunity for her to do some, like, have some plot lines that are around, like, the press and promotion and stuff like that. She could go on talk shows. Justin Thoreau could be a uh, New York Magazine editor who interviews her. And, yeah, I think, oh, you know what would be so good? If they did single and, like, a play on the single and fabulous, widowed and fabulous, come on. Well, also, you know, we talked about in the previous episode, the dueling visions of Darren Starr and Michael Patrick King. But this is almost a way to fuse the two together, which is Carrie was so focused on her happy ending and getting that happy ending with Big that she got that. And now she's no longer burdened with who will I end up with? Will Big come back around? Will we end up being together? That she can finally just be free. Totally. But I think we need a bit of a time jump. She needs to be in a different apartment. Because it's not realistic that a woman this wealthy would choose to live in this apartment. It's just not. Like, she wants a heated floor. Like, it's when you have that kind of money, you can't go back unless you're forced to. And there's a way to do it with keeping the original Carrie apartment location, which is, I enjoyed that episode where she had a new apartment. I was like, okay, this is like weird, but I like it. Not the green screens. Please find an actual fucking apartment like Succession does. But just make the her old apartment the set, uh, her office, like they did in the first film or the second film. Yeah, her office slash her closet. The market's bad now. I don't want to sell, you know, whatever. One, oh, one line. Also, I forgot all of last year. I'm phenomenally wealthy. Like, I don't need to sell this apartment. <laughs> I'm going to give this to Lily someday. Also, there needs to be a reckoning with her wealth. Yeah. Well, there also, I think... I would like to see Carrie not fully get canceled because I don't want this as like a season long plot line for her. But if in promoting her book, something from her column resurfaced, I think that would be an interesting thing to address. And we we had pitched that we thought this is how the first season was going to go down. You can still use it. It's even more, it makes even more sense now that she would have a 90 second why conversation with, and then you could get a fun 
person. You could get a Fran Leibowitz, although I, I think Fran Leibowitz would never. <laughs> Fran Leibowitz said no to the fashion show sequence in uh, The Real Me, so I'm pretty sure she's not. She's not She's not in for this. But you know what I mean. You could get a fun guest star or one that doesn't believe that Sex in the City single-handedly destroyed New York, as I'm sure Fran does. That's how you can tell a real New Yorker. Or fucking get Margot Martindale to be a Fran Leibowitz type. Whatever. But that is a perfect moment. Yeah, there's a real lack of Margot Martindale. Intersecting in the Has Sex and the City never... world. never been on the show or in the movies she's more of a west coast babe that doesn't seem right anyway that seems like such a fertile ground that during a Q&A someone asks her about you know the her bisexual article or because it it's yeah a little weird. like an angry bisexual <laughs> asks her about well they have a right to be angry Sorry, I wasn't meaning to suggest that all bisexuals are angry. I just think that, you know. It's our Patreon. It's our safe space. And we love our bisexual Patreon listeners. That's another puzzling thing. Not to go back to season one as we're in our dream for season two. But like, really? Che didn't Google Carrie? And Che is not the voice of like, hey, man, you said some like fucked up shit in your articles previously. Well, thank God, because then Che would have just come across as being annoying because it came from Che. That's very true. We need this to come from like a random person or random journalist or something like that. Anyway, there are four great (laughs) episodes and plot lines for Carrie for season two. Okay, what about Miranda, though? We're sorry that we had to cut that off, but if you like what you just heard and want to listen to the full episode, go to patreon.com slash everyoutfit.